Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host. I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week. Therefore, it's another episode. Today's episode. I sit down with right said Fred. That's right, both of them, Richard and Fred. Um, you've probably, ob- obviously, everybody knows who Right Said Fred are. And more, you know, I, I guess in, in recent months, you've probably seen them um, on news outlets and, and, and social media outlets uh, voicing their thoughts and opinions uh, on the current climate. Um, and that does feature in today's episode as well, alongside lots of really amazing chat about some cracking records um, and also just talking about the kind of the impact that I'm Too Sexy had and, you know, the subsequent hits as well, obviously, and, and, and forthcoming music. But just we, we get into, like, how that record did not sit anywhere. It felt like it just come from nowhere in a time of Manchester and rave and hip-hop. There's this bananas record that you just couldn't pigeonhole. We go in on that, um, and it's, uh, it's 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 a great chat. It's interesting having two guests, which is a first. Um, normally, just have the the one guest, but how can you uh, have right said Fred and not have? Richard and Fred. So that's what you've got today. So before we get on with the episode, um, a few thank yous. Thanks to the Distraction Pieces Network and Scroobius Pip. Thanks to 76 for producing this. Thanks uh, to you listeners for continuing to listen to this this podcast and supporting it for the last three years now. And there's there's 330 odd episodes now. So when you get to the end of this chat with, uh, with Rich and Fred, then go and check out the back catalogue and go and get stuck in. And you can hear chats with... Artists as diverse as Fatboy Slim to Swade to, oh gosh, Motley Crue, Foo Fighters, um, actors such as Maxine Peake, Joe Hartley, Amanda Abington, Michael Smiley, producers such as Butch Fig. Um, the list goes on. Go and have a go and have a rummage in the archives um and if you'd like to support the podcast you can do that over on patreon that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash off the beat and track um and for 79p a month um yeah you get access to loads more other content as well radio shows and all sorts of stuff anyway i know why you're here let's get on with it please enjoy off the beat and track podcast with right said fred Sorry, I've interrupted the podcast, but with good reason. Hotel Chocolat are our sponsors. You know that now because I tell you about it every episode. But they've been super kind now. And you may have heard me talking about the products from the cacao bar. And there's gins, cream liqueurs, all sorts of wonderful chocolatey goodies. Um, And what they've done is they've set a page up on the website that you can go to. And all you've got to do is just for you off the beaten track listeners... Go over there, answer a question, and you could win the full range delivered to your front door. I mean, that's kind of them. All you have to do is go to this place, hotelchocolat.com forward slash OTBT podcast. That's OTBT as in off the beaten track podcast. Hotelchocolat.com forward slash OTBT podcast. Go get your grubby little mitts on some deliciously chocolatey drinks, courtesy of our sponsors. Hotel Chocolat. I'll get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. Right, we are recording. Um, yes, we are. <laughs> Rich, Fred, how are you doing? 
We're good, man. Yeah, we're right. fine, thanks, mate. Yeah, we're good. We're okay, we're fine. Good, good, yeah. good. Where are you today? Uh, we're in Berkshire. Berkshire. Yeah, oh, and it's lovely. a beautiful sunny day, not a cloud in the sky. Very nice. Yeah, so it's actually the only good thing about the UK at the moment is the weather, which is actually lovely. pretty cool. Lovely. Yeah. yeah, I had a little frosty dog walk, but the sun was shining, so that was quite nice this morning. So, yes, uh, yes, we had a frost the other day. Right. As ever, I start this podcast. Have you got your song choices uh, with you? Do can you remember yeah, what you've Yes, said? we have. We have. Perfect. Right. Track one, gent. So this is quite novel. Normally, I only do this with one person. So it's the first time I've had two people uh, yeah, okay. on, on the same podcast. I'm looking forward to it. Um, gents, I'm going to ask you, please. Uh, I'll start with you first, uh, Richard. Okay. The song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro. Well, there are loads of them. There are loads, loads of them. Um, obviously, there's um, one track that doesn't get mentioned at all is a track called "Glove" by Family, which has got a really, really cool, very, very sort of you know understated bassline intro. But the one I've picked is "Money for Nothing" um, by uh, by Dire Straits, and the reason is because every time I hear that guitar, I can't believe how good it is. You know, I just think it's just staggeringly fantastic. That, that whole yeah. intro is. Yeah. It, the only downside for me is that you've got to go through all that keyboard stuff. I want my, I want all that stuff before you get to the guitar. And if, uh, probably if I'd been in the mixing room, I would have cut that bit off <laughs> and gone straight into the guitar. It, you know, I, I think it sets up the guitar well. It does. It does. Because this was your choice as well, right, Fred? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it was a close one for me because uh, I would also go with Lagrange. Um, it's easy top. Yeah, yeah. For the same reason, it's an extraordinary guitar sound and part. It's just, it's it is, um, it's a moment. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And all, all that's easy top Lagrange thing. When I first heard it and all that how 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 all that stuff that he does, I thought it was rubbish. I thought it was. I really couldn't stand it. I told him. And now I can't wait to play it. It's, yeah, it's really yeah. Weird. yeah. And what's really cool about it is the little. Uh, or the drum s- snare drum rim yeah. pattern that uh, Frank Beard does, yes. and uh, and the bass. If you listen to the bass line, Dusty Hill's bass line in that, it drives the track. It is it's a it's a it's a yeah. People talk about powerhouse trios. Mm. I think they are in the yeah in the in the, in the top one or two. Yeah. I think they're up there with Cream um, and Jimi Hendrix yeah. um, experience. I think they're just extraordinary. In extraordinary terms of band. yeah, in terms of intros, there are, uh, there are actually so many. There actually, are. It's actually yeah. quite difficult to pin it down. Yeah. But um, I, I based it on what I play in the gym, uh, what I tend to, you know, so if I'm in the gym and I need to be pumped up, I, yeah. and Bill Withers comes on, as good as he is, <laughs> I, I move it on to something a little bit more, mm. a little bit more fun. Also, if you talk about guitar intros, you know, you know Jimmy Page. Oh, for yeah. Christ's sake. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, rock and roll guitar. And it's, it's, um, um, it's very, very difficult. It's a bit unfair to pick one because one is. It suggests it's better than another. Yeah. But, which it isn't really. It's just what we felt at the, at, at the time. I was totally aware that all of your choices on any other day you wake up and it'd be completely different. Yeah. Like, and then, yeah, and then yeah, you've yeah. got superstition. Yeah. I mean, oh, for Christ. Exactly. I mean, and you mentioned yeah. Hendrix as well, and it's like yeah. cross hand yeah. traffic and like oh, yeah. Voodoo it's Child. Sure. These are all like yeah. mega intros. Yeah. But exactly. Just to go back to uh, to money for nothing. So, Ooh. just to clarify, I mean, it, it's about as big an eighties production as you can get. That track, yes, isn't it? it? Is. And yeah, it is, yeah. But just to clarify, uh, Rich, you're going to absolutely fuck Sting off out of it and uh, and just kick right in with the guitar, right? <laughs> I like what Sting does at the end with all the sort of falsetto-y type stuff. I quite yeah. like them. So I'd keep him in the session. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know, I'd say, Sting, you know, don't go. You know, you, you, we'll still need you for the end. Yeah, sit down, um, start. Sit down, start. <laughs> and, and just hold on while we get it through the guitar. Um, make some tea, you tantric. But, yeah. But, um, <laughs> Fred's right. The, the, key, the keys do set up the guitar it really, does, yeah. really, really yeah. well. Mm. And also, the you know, Sons on Swing, when I, when I first heard that, and I'm sure lots of other people are the same, the way Mark Knopfler plays the guitar, the style that he has, I've never heard it before. It was a very, very special thing. Um, and uh, so that, for me, that whole, it's the colour of it, really. It's mm. the colour of what he plays. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's for me, mesmerising. And it's, um, it, it never ceases to entertain me. Yeah, it's really good. Cool. And interestingly, most of the, the the intros that you've mentioned are all quite long. And yes. and I just always like to ask uh, songwriters this. Um, it, 
when you watch, and, I, and I've tried this, I've, I've done 300 and about 330 episodes of this podcast, and I've never framed this question correct, so I'm going to try again. Um, okay. But we, when I watch my children like listen to music, they've got their phones and they've got very yeah. fast thumbs. Everything's moving yeah. very quickly. It is, uh, yeah. And I just think nowadays, if somebody would have presented that intro, like a new band presents money for nothing to a record label, I think they're just going to go, not a chance. I agree. Uh, yeah. And so my question to you is, is when you's right now, do you approach it in the more sort of traditional songwriting sort of sense of like, this is a song, it's a piece of art, it's going to be what it's going to be, or are you aware of your TikToks and your Spotify playlists and, and all of the kind of, the sort of, I guess that sort of pop, and I, I, I love to use the word science of like, yeah. like hook them straight away and keep yeah, it, it, no it, fat yeah. on it. Like, do you it, still yeah. think the, the, the song should be what it is? We, we, we tend to think... Do you get the question? Then, Sorry, because I've still never quite got it right. No, 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 yes. no we do get that. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, with I'm Too Sexy, it, we, we, the, the original version of that did have quite a long intro and a long outro. Um, and we just thought, let's just cut to the fucking chase. Well, we had no money. Yeah, and, and we had no money. We had, no money. <laughs> <laughs> had nothing to lose. Yeah, know? so, and Dingley Dippy and another song we've done, and um, we did one in January called You In The Light Is Love. We cut straight to the chase. We got a new song coming out called Godsend in January. Pretty much the same there. So we, we t- it, it's driven by the song. Some Maybe. songs, um, some songs will have a, a, a longer intro. It depending on what we think the song needs. If we think the, the listener and the song benefits from getting straight in, that's what we do. Yeah. Um, we don't worry about radio anymore because radio really play us. Mm. Also, what we tend to, how we think about songs is we look at it in terms of synchronizations, usage. Uh, what we want um, and what's best for the song. Um, so it sort of depends where we are in, in our, in, in, on the song and, and what we think the song's going to do. Also, sometimes you just feel like you want to push it. I remember with Hey Yeah, um, which was um, Outcast. Outcast, yeah. yeah. One of the things I remember about that was the chorus. I, w- I mean, and I was, would have made a big mistake because they did it absolutely right. I would have halved the first chorus because it seems like it goes on too long. Yeah, but actually, it, right. but actually, they get it right because yeah. what, in a way, what they do is they ch- they they force you, to, they challenge you, yeah. they, they they're sort of saying this is what we yeah. want, yeah. and um, so I think it's a there's a, there's a part of me which you know if there's an intro that's too long, you're sitting there thinking well, this intro's too long. There's a part of me that wants to say. I don't give a, I don't give a toss. I don't yeah. really, really yeah, you know, if people don't like it, they don't like it. Yeah. Um, but I think so. I think Fred's right. I think we split. Sometimes we think let's get let's cut to the chase, and other times we think no, actually let's just let it happen. You know. Yeah. And, it, and it's a very it's a, a case by case thing. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right, for track two, gents, I'm going to take you back, uh, and okay. I'm going to uh, ask you, Fred, first uh, the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Um, right, that would have been, let me just see, because I made a couple of notes. I think it was, I think it was probably Bad Moon Rising uh, by Credence. In as much as I can remember, I can remember this really quite well. I, I spoke quite, quite well. I remember cycling, we used to cycle to school, and I had these mates we'd cycle back and forth with. And I remember saying to them on the corner of uh, Baldwin's Hill Lane yeah, and Linfield Road, I remember uh, say, I, I want to go, I want to play this track. And I had it, it was on Asylum Records, and I had it at home, and it was like a fix. I'd get in and play it. It was like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'd play it round and round and just look down, yeah, yeah. you know, the guitar. And John Fogarty is a really, really underrated singer and writer. And, and writer. Yeah. yeah. And, and what an uh, intro. And a good intro as well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And that I think that was probably. I mean, it's been. A, it was a sort of a. Um, a, a mum and dad had, um, or I bought shapes of things by the Yardbirds. Yeah, that was pretty cool as well. There was Rider White Swan, which I think Richard's. Oh, that's mine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a few. I remember hearing. You know, I remember hearing that when I was a kid, and I was thinking. What on earth is that? Yeah. You know, and then and the, and the slide down, and the, the sound of the guitar, and so there was a few. But Batman Rising was the song I remember. I had to get back and play. I, it had a, it had a like a. a I felt a bit like a, a user. A, you know, I was needing well, needing my fix. It's also you know? it's really appropriate today. Yeah, completely. I mean, I know yeah. you know that's that song seems to me to be more about floods and, and the end of time and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, but a lot, I was listening to it in the gym the other day, and a lot of the, a lot of the lyrics are very prescient, I think, for yeah. the, the way the world is going now. Um, my, my, the song that I remember was, is, is uh, Ryan White Swan, obviously, mm. for me. And um, the reason was because when I first heard it, it sounded to me like it came from absolutely nowhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't sound to me like, oh, it's got a blues bass, it's got a kind of rock and roll bass or a tam mm. It just, it's like, it, it was like he was living on one of the outer rings of Saturn and wrote this song with absolutely no reference mm. to anything that was familiar and it just happened. Yeah. Well, did, uh, and, it was only, and it's under two minutes, I think. Yeah, I think, it it's, is, I yeah. think it's under two minutes. It's, it's yeah. just brilliant. You know? uh, uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex, because I, I worked in a record shop uh, on the Saturday job and I remember hearing Deborah. Oh, Deborah. Deborah. And I remember hearing that, and I thought, who is this guy? And, and reading up on it, because obviously it was the Gatefold albums then. And he was into this whole mystic thing. I think it was in France. Listen to lyrics. Yeah. And when Rudder Ryder Swan came out, I remember thinking, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. And uh, he had that mystic kind of wizard yeah, yeah, did, <laughs> thing yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and I liked all that. We were, we were heavily into the glam into the glam stuff with uh, Sweet and um, uh, the early David Bowie, um, Gary Glitter. So I know you can't talk about Gary Glitter now, but sure. we refuse not to because I know putting his putting his proclivities to one side, some very some good people made that music. Yeah, and, yeah. and the music shouldn't they should not be penalised, and the song should not be penalised because he's because yeah. of his uh, mental issues and uh, his his weirdness. Right. I think they played Wagner in Israel. Wagner was an anti-Semite. Yes, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think, think it's important to these things are possible. Yeah, yeah, I had this argument online. So people should never play Gary Glitter. So I said, oh, well, what about the poor people? Why should they be? Why should they suffer? Yeah. Because they, have, they they made the mistake of hooking up with someone who's got some seriously unpleasant problems. Also, you know? the song is is separate from yeah. him. It is. It's, it, it's really weird you mention this because it, it, it comes up a, a hell of a lot on, on this podcast of, of uh, separating the art from a person yeah. Uh, yeah and if you and if you can't do that then you you're not going to be able to look at certain paintings in the louvre you know it, 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 it's really it, because michael jackson comes up so much on this podcast yes, so yeah, many yeah, people yeah. will reference michael jackson i've had a couple that say they just don't listen to michael jackson records anymore yeah. um i've spoke to djs that's like well we don't really play them in the clubs anymore just because some people are fa-. and it's like do you you know, I suppose Jackson's different because he's never actually been convicted of anything as such. And oh, right. uh, but you know, there's so many people's work goes into that. And you're right. Yeah. You know, should they be penalised for the actions of somebody that exactly. was part of that process? That yes. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very strange one. There's yeah. a whole load of backroom people. Yeah, mm. it's like Ian Watkins and the Lost Prophets. Yeah. Yeah, 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 those guys in the band they shouldn't they shouldn't be made to suffer just because of his problems. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and uh, you know, it's, it's a very difficult call. But I, 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 I'm quite passionate about the music thing. I think the song is an element on its own. It has its own life, and it shouldn't be attached to other people's, um, you know, whether it's racism or. You know, sec, um, sexual related, well, it's a bit, related problems. It's a bit like Sinatra. You know, it's like not playing Sinatra because he had affiliations with the mafia, supposedly. I, I, I really like Sinatra, and that would make no difference to me at all. You know, so I think, yeah, I think, I think that's right. You, you, you have to separate the art itself from the person that produced it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned some of the records that you had on um, at home, Fred. Was, was it a musical household growing up? Did you? Did the parents have no, music on? It was. It, it was in terms of mum. Mum was. Yeah. Mum loved Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra, Trini Lopez, Glenn Miller. Glenn Miller. Mum would play those. Dad bought. In all fairness, Dad was not at all music driven. No. Uh, he could he could hear melodies and, and whistle stuff, but he wasn't. It wasn't a big thing in his life. But in all fairness to him, and he was a good. He was a, he was a great guy. Yeah. He went and bought. This we we needed a record rack because we were buying more albums, and he came back with this fuck off radiogram that had a record rack in <laughs> it. had a record rack in it. <laughs> yeah, and we weren't a re- but we were we were comfortable. We weren't certainly weren't wealthy. We were no. middle to lower, um, middle to lower middle class, and um, he and he came back with this radiogram, and he did that for us. He did that for mum. Yeah, because he he didn't give a crap about it. He would yeah. rather have a snooker table or something, probably. Yeah. Um, but, but he was a he was a, he was a sweetheart, and um, so and we used to play music un- un- unfeasibly loud. 
with our heads right up against the speaker, you know. And um, and, and, and mum and dad were cool with that, and they'd just leave us to it. Occasionally, after dad, yeah, dad worked in London after a long day at work, mum would come in and say, look, you've got to turn this down, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because dad needs to, you know. And he, she was right to say that, because yeah. we've got all day to play that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we, but um, we, we, it wasn't a big part of, our, of mum and dad's life, but mum loved dancing. She loved the glamour of of what how she saw entertainment, and we got the bug pretty early on. Just because we 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 started going to see bands. Christ, I reckon I was probably as young as thirteen or twelve. Also, also I think we saw our first bands. I think for both of us, there was no other career that we fancied doing. No, it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like oh, I was tempted to be a doctor, but then I picked up the guitar. Or I was, I wanted to be a lawyer. I mean, you know, I mean, I remember once at school, I went to the careers office. And I was thinking at the time of being a solicitor. So I went in and I said to the two girls sitting there, I said, can you give me some information on soliciting? (laughs) 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 They all burst out laughing. (laughs) Oh, you weren't even winding them up? No, no, no. That's even better. No, I, you were soliciting. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out we ended up in a music in an industry full of horse. Full of horse. Oh, yeah. amazing. Amazing. Um, I mean, just to, I mean, we, 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 let's get on to that then and that, and that, that point in your life. Because for track three, I'm going to ask you about the song that reminds you of your time at school. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, there's two. Fred's, I think Fred's is, is uh, Brown Sugar. Brown Sugar is Brown Sugar, yeah. And mine was Hot Love by Team Rex again. Yeah. So why does Brown Sugar? Brown Sugar, um, me playing guitar at school, sort of, I was about one, one of the few people that used to take their guitar, their instruments to school, and I would practice in, in breaks and stuff like that. And I got, I, I just adopted the whole music thing quite passionately, and I was working in record shops. And, and when I'd had a couple of drinks when I was a little bit younger, stupidly and mistakenly, I, I used to do a short impression of Mick Jagger, which was a very stupid and... and I've seen that. Oh, don't! Can you do it? No. <laughs> can you imagine what? what a, can you imagine what a wanker I must have looked like? Uh, anyway, and I, I and I, I remember the time I did it in this school party, and it was to Brown Sugar. But the the song was just extraordinary when I first heard the lyrics. Right? Yeah, yeah, the guitar. Right, yeah, the, the the use the way the Stones use use acoustic guitars to bolster. The electric is is a, it's 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 masterful. Well, what's interesting and, now and is, the tunings they use. You know, what's interesting now is they won't play Brown Sugar live because that's of right. Oh, it God. is so pathetic and what's so happened? woke. What's happened to them? Rock and roll, you know, please. Mm-hmm. And also the other thing about it is that every blues track, old blues track you hear, every blues track is either misogynistic or racist or something. Yeah. You know what we were saying earlier. If you want, if you apply all that woke rubbish. To art and music, there's absolutely nothing to look at and nothing to listen to. Yeah. But you've, got to you've got to get rid of it. It's nonsense. Yeah, there's a there's a um, big Bill Brucey track called uh, Brown, White, Brown, and Black. I think it is, and basically saying, you know, if, if you're white, it's going to be all right. If you're brown, stick around. If you're black, get back. <laughs> and he and he's at this black blues artist doing this song, yeah. talking about trying to go for a job, trying to get this, trying to get that. And now you'd probably have some people come out and say he can't say that he can't say yeah. brown. Well, he can say what the fuck he wants. Yeah. It's his song. Yeah. You don't want to play it, don't play yeah. it. I was, I, I, one of the things I love is the is I was playing Stay With Me by The, the Faces the other day. That's a great song. And it is so non-PC. It is great. It is absolutely, this guy's just bedding this really ugly bird. He doesn't care that he, does, he looks terrible. He's basically saying, get out of my house before I wake up. Because, uh, you know, and don't pretend that there's anything going on here apart from a quick one nighter, yeah, and it's completely non PC. It's I mean, he's, he's rude about her, disparaging, and everything, you know. Um, and I, I doesn't mean to say that I'm I'm like that, but I can listen to it and separate that that you know message from the way I live. Yeah. So it's but a little bit of a song. Yeah, these but these people think it's a bit like looking at cigarettes, turning you into a smoker. You know, it's this idea that you have no self control, that you have no self. Sovereignty, if you like, over your personal behaviour. Um, I can't stand that that, that, that mm. position, that tribal kind of. Uh, it's like Biden said: if you're if you're if, if you're black and you're voting Republican, you ain't black. <laughs> yeah, it's that nonsense. Yes. It's this sort of critical race theory rubbish that I just uh, I just won't have it. You know? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com Acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, but, um, anyway. I want to touch on, um, you mentioned Ryder White Swan, and, and I just, you know, being young, and, and, you know, you mentioned feeling like, you know, them songs were literally sort of beamed down from space. Like, yeah, and yeah. you mentioned the sweet and, and, you know, so much of the glam stuff. Like, yeah. I take it Top of the Pops was, was, was a, a ritual for you. Yes, because, very much Because you wouldn't and, see these people anywhere else, would you? It's not no, like, you know, this is no. obviously, you, you'd get your fix from, from Top of the Pops. Yes. And I just want to know a, a few questions regarding Top of the Pops. A, it must have just been, I'm, I'm a, you know, a little bit younger than, than you two, and I, and, I, and I kind of missed glam and, right. and punk, unfortunately. And, and I can't imagine how fucking exciting it must have been to have seen Bolan and to have seen yeah. Bowie oh, and, yeah, you yeah. know, Rotten and all of that stuff. And just, it yeah. must have looked like it was just to have been young and caught that at a young age as yes. well, the influence and excitement that must have been yeah. in and around that. Like, yeah. just, just talk me, you know, through how that... Well, first of all, you're right. You don't... You know, social, there was no social media. Um, there, there was none of this um, exposing, you know, behind-the-scenes thing. You may have got something in Melody Maker about a tour or something, or enemy. But generally speaking, these artists, you only saw them if you actually rocked up at a gig. Yeah. And we started going to shows quite early, and there was a gig in... Um, Croydon. I'm sure it was called the Greyhound. It had quite a, it had a back room. Had a, quite a big, large back room to yeah. it. And we used to watch Whistle Test to, to try and catch on the bands breaking on, and we'd read the music press and all this stuff. And and we, uh, I saw, or we saw Roxy Music. Yeah. And then I went on and uh, on on uh, Whistle Test, and Bob Harris was pretty disparaging. Yeah, he didn't like them. Uh, but I just thought they were extraordinary. And um, so we went up and saw them at uh, the back at the back of this pub in the Greyhound. And when Brian Ferry came out, he had this um, leopard print jacket on. Oh, quiff. And this quiff was gelled out like this. I was about 13 or something. Yeah. And I'm, I took my school tie off from standing there in my school uniform, just watching this. I'm just thinking, this is like, this is just, what the what is this, man? This is just out there. And, and, and you're around these other people, sort of like-minded people, what you're experimenting with this new thing, whatever it, whatever you want to call mm. it, and they were saying not quite the same with uh, Mark Boland because we saw him at Fairfield Hall. That was good. First of all, even I, even as a massive fan, I knew the band 
were just it was, sound it, was it, it was a bad night for them. Yeah. Uh, and I was just a kid, and even I could tell actually this sounds pretty shit. Yeah. Although I was a big fan, I think they just had a bad night. Uh, but we saw David Bowie at the Greyhound as well, and that was around just as Starman was breaking. Wow. Um, and uh, it was before they, they really sort of took off. Um, and uh, he had the blue guitar. He had the blue acoustic, Starman. And um, and it was just, it was extraordinary. So quite a few bands. I saw Barclay James Harvest. Um, and Not the most uh, no, exciting band to watch. Harvey, yeah, very... very uh, the, melodically very good. Yeah, melodically really good. Yeah. Not dissimilar to Floyd in, in bits. Um, and, and we used to go see loads of bands. We saw um, Stray and Arthur Brown. Yeah, a friend of mine told me, he said, I remember his um, Roland, his name was, at college. And he said, I'm going to see a band tonight. Um, do you want to come? So I said, what are, what are they like? And he said, well, he knew what they were like. He said, well, it's a band called Stray. They're kind of folky. <laughs> so, so I said, oh, all right, then I'll go, you know. We were in a room that was the size of a, about three toilets. They had more Marshall stacks in that room than I've ever seen before. It was the loudest thing yeah. I've ever been to in my life. Yeah. You know, and one of the things about pop now is how incredibly safe it is. It yeah. is. It's yeah. just, you know, and all that experimentation back in the day. I mean, Alex Harvey was really, uh, is interesting yeah. from that point really of view. Like you know? And uh, what you were saying earlier, you know, that you, you put an intro on a song. I mean, would, would Bohemian Rhapsody get played on the radio now? No chance. Not a chance. We have lost, in the UK, we have lost any sense of um, of risk-taking with music. And I think the labels are so obsessed with back catalogue and, and keeping afloat that they're not prepared to risk anything, really. And so that's why we're stuck with cruise liner singers like Adele. Mm. And that's yeah. that, you know, and who looks like a newsreader. You know, I'm sure she's lovely, but it's not the most exciting music you're going to hear. And, uh, you know, when I watch Iggy Pop and people like that, I don't particularly like it. But what I love is the sheer exuberance of it and the we-don't-give-a-damn yeah. attitude. And that is missing, sadly. Everybody's so anxious to please the man now that uh, all experimentation's out. So what you have to do is you have to make pubs smoking, you have to make you have to get VAT off all the product in pubs, and you have to get politicians and the health and safety people out of the way. Then you'll, then you'll have a vibrant artistic community. Until that happens, it's finished. It's, it's, it's so... You know, this comes up quite a lot uh, uh, as well, Rich. It's weird that, you, you know, you sort of mentioned, you know, that, you know, all of your, your big your big selling artists, you know, mm. are Adele and Ed Sheeran, which are Radio 2-esque. It's safe, yeah. isn't it? You know? And, it is very safe. Um, and, you know, there will always be a market for that, you know, and yep. there always has been a market for that. But that does need to be... You know that the flip side of that needs to be an Iggy Pop, a rotten. You know, and and it's and it's so strange. Even like me, like I I, I turned oh, well, I would have been eighteen, seventeen, eighteen, around eighty nine. Oh, okay. So I caught Acid House. I caught the, yeah. the evolution of it, like hip hop, and like yeah. and and you know, and, and I was you know, I, I remember watching Top of the Pops and seeing the Stone Roses and the Happy Mondays on the same episode yeah. and thinking, what the fuck's this? This is yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. This is this yeah. is not like what I was used to. And yeah. and then it was like it was it was something a bit different and exciting and edgy. Yeah. And and then I think. I do think that's when the, the kind of the, the road splits and you, you make your choice. It's like, right, do you know what? I'm going to go down that road of, of, of Radio 2, keep it safe. I like yeah. a bit of everything. Or you can go, do you know what? I want some, I want something edgy. Yeah. I, want some, I want to be scared by it. I want to go to watch a gig and I want to be Ooh. unsure of what's going on. And, and you know, and just being, you want some, that excitement and that rock and roll, I guess. Yeah. Well, what was really good about Top of the Pops back in the day was that it, it, there was no sort of, um, there was no, uh, what's the word? There was no decision within the programme as to what was cool and what wasn't. Mm. And I can remember sitting there watching, we'd both sit there watching Top of Pops, and then Baccarat would come on. <laughs> or Terry Wood. <laughs> oh, With the flower song. So you'd yeah. hang in there for one record that you yeah. called Alice Cooper or something, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but but it, all credit to Top of the Pops back then, and also the charts. When, when, it was, when you had the chart, there was, there was nobody behind it saying, well, you can listen to this because I'm, you know, we, I remember the, the whole thing with PSY and um, 
uh, Gangnam Style, mm. how how little respect people had at some radio stations for that track. Mm. And it's a great track and an absolutely brilliant video. Mm. Yeah, but the reason was it wasn't perceived to be cool. Mm. It wasn't for, he didn't live in Manchester and he didn't have one eyebrow. You know what I mean? It's like they, they had just decided that this guy wasn't cool. It's the firm cottons of this world that were <laughs> trying to take what was cool and you know, she got fed up because she didn't have the power that... YouTube does, yeah, so, so I, it went bonkers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I just I, it's it's a real it's a real shame that mu- music has become so infested with this sort of uh, that's cool, that isn't, that's 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 great, and that isn't. You know, it's and the, and the charts were good for that purpose. So that if you had Terrawogan at number one, it was number one. You had to play it. Do you, do when, you think though? Do you think that there'll there will always be a movement? Do you not? You know, I mean, I I run a, a nightclub, and that's an, an alternative nightclub that that has that I've been at for thirty years, and I've seen so many different sorts of movements in music go through it, and you know, from yeah, from, from what was happening in eighty nine to then seeing the sort of the the, the, the grunge movement and guitar thing yeah. happening in the early nineties, and and then. Britpop, etc., etc. You know, just these like kind of things that these moments in youth culture which throw up a, a Nirvana or an Oasis, and yeah, yeah, yeah. that the changes that the, the kind of you know the, the the grounds of it for a bit, and and you know I've seen it again maybe recently with like not recently but you know with the Arctic Monkeys just being these young lads that just kind of made it through MySpace and demo tapes being passed around. Everyone, have you heard this Arctic Monkeys thing? You know, yeah. I love that that, that that sort of thing. Still, there's pockets of it there, but. Right. But I wonder if we're going to get anything new. I don't know. I'm 48. I don't know if I'm too old to know that that's going on. You know, I, I guess maybe I am too old. And, you know, there's kids, there's movements going on that kids are thinking are the most electrifying, exciting things that yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not cool enough to know about. And yeah, I yeah, hope yeah, that yeah. exists. I hope that exists. But for it to cut through and make a dent like Nirvana, Bowie, and all of them sorts of things... Mm. I don't know if if it's going to happen. I hope it does. I, I, I think it will, but not right now. I don't think the, the climate is, you know, you've got because of COVID. It's so, um, so compliant. It is, uh, there's a lot of compliance out there, and that goes right across music, uh, promoters, club yeah, owners, yeah. blah, 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 agents. Um, I think it could happen through DJs. It can happen. My, my, my daughter's 23. She... Um, turn me on to, you know, you know, it is quite conservative, but nevertheless, it's, you know, uh, chain smokers and um, clean bandits and um, uh, flight facilities and a few of these bands. Um, and I also still, and also through COVID, in fact, I've been listening to a bit more rap because there seems to be a bit more uh, willingness within the rap community to talk about this stuff. And yeah. I think the, the high res track, Where's the Revolution, is a really good track. It's a really good track. And... Um, so I think I think everything has its ups and downs, and, and you know, there, there, there is a, there will be a silver lining through this somewhere, and um, where that's going to come, I don't know. But the, I, I think you will get another stand-up, really good, you know, three-piece, four-piece, or a David Bowie yeah. or someone. I, I think it will happen. Maybe not in the next year or two. Maybe yeah. it'll take a bit more time. But um, I am confident it will happen. I think you need more chaos inside people's heads the compliance at the moment i think will suffocate yeah. uh, anything vaguely uh, experimental uh, and yeah. interestingly the one experimental thing that isn't being suffocated is the vaccine <laughs> yeah. you know, um, which is a, a, a experimental drug which people are accepting um with open with open arms literally yeah. <laughs> literally with open arms yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, yes it is i think um that, that, that you have to if you look back through the through the time the interesting thing with, say, the 60s is that being opposed to government positions on, say, Vietnam or whatever it was, pop music was right in the middle of it. Pop music was absolutely central to the sense of rebellion and the sense of questioning. And now pop music is completely accepting everything that the government does. Very few artists are coming out and saying anything. Very few artists are recording anything. As Fred said, you know, the rap artists are more vocal than, than many others. Yeah. Um, and... We are we are sort of you know focused on because we're we're speaking out loud, but actually all we're doing is 
is repeating what was done in the 60s and 70s when people were more, when pop music was, a, was all, in a way an alternative culture. And it just voiced, we're just voicing an opinion. It's, you know, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's, sorry, but it's, it's bizarre the way, I mean, somebody said to me the other day, who could imagine that the band that recorded I'm Too Sexy are now speaking out about blah, blah. And I remember thinking two things, really. Well, one, you're allowed to speak out. This is, as far as I understand, this is still a democratic country, just about, supposedly. And, and secondly, you know, you don't record a track like I'm Too Sexy if you're worried about what people think. Yeah. <laughs> you only record that song if you don't care. Do you know what, though? Just to, t- to, to talk about uh, sexy... Mm. I was watching, I love watching the retrospective Top of the Pops um, that they put on on the Friday nights. And, and, and you guys were on there. And, and obviously, I caught that track at the perfect age. I would have been, you know, sort of 17, 18. I remember just thinking, this is fucking mad. And, <laughs> and I watched it again uh, on Top of the Pops the other weekend. And I was like, it's fucking mental. It's like, <laughs> what, what's going on here? Like, because there's, there's all sorts of movements going on in music there. And then there's this. There's yous. And I mean yeah. this with the greatest of respect as well. Yeah. Like, it doesn't sit anywhere. No, no it And doesn't. it's like, no. right, where, where would you put this? Like, and, and I just thought, when I sort of went back and watched it again, I was like, no, it still sits outside of any box. It's it like, does, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's testament to like a cracking tune. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just, we, I mean, we didn't know that we were doing anything unusual. It wasn't yeah. like we did it. And thought, wow, this is a, this is going out there a bit. We just thought it was a, a pretty cool little tune. That's all we, you know. And it was only retrospectively when everybody started telling us what they thought that we suddenly thought, actually, no, that was a bit. It was a bit weird. And I remember we did a gig. Kid Jensen was the um, the DJ at a, a somewhere out in Essex or somewhere. And we've got some pictures of us doing one of our first PAs with "I'm Too Sexy," and. Um, the, audi- the audience may as well have been standing there with all their mouths open, <laughs> and, and Kid Jensen looks like he's looks like he's landed on the wrong planet, and, and his GPS ain't working. You know, it's, it's completely <laughs> it's completely bizarre. You know, um, and interestingly enough, in the early days, our record company thought we were well, our audience was exclusively gay. Yeah, they got that. They, and they got that wrong. We did some gay clubs up north, and we got on one particular occasion we got booed off. They, they thought we were straight. We'd take the piss. They thought we were straight and taking the piss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so and our audience has always been um, mums and dads. Yeah, and kids. always. Yeah, m- yeah. predominantly female. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mums and dads thing. Yeah. yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah. I'm going to take you back, gents. First song you remember buying from a record shop? I can I remember think, mine. I'm pretty sure I've got uh, my, yeah, mine was Shapes of Things. Yes, it would have been, yeah. Shapes of Things by the Yardbirds. I went in crash with, I must be 11, 10. I'm not even sure when it was released. But that was the first, pretty sure that was the first one I remember because I think it was... It was on Parlour Fan, was it a black label? I can't remember that. No. Um, and I just like the... Um, I love it. Band today. Yeah, and it goes all through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In those days, they put the whole track through the lesson. Yeah, they phase it or something. They I think that was that must be the first track. I'm pretty sure... It's hard to remember because I know we bought Border Song. Was that the one you bought? My first order was a Border Song by Elton John. And back in the day... I had to wait seven weeks uh, for that single. And that was back in the day before Elton John discovered show business and he was cool. Mm. Uh, he is no longer cool. And, um, but that song is fantastic. Yeah, great. It's a wonderful it's song. It's a wonderful song. And I, I just, I love the, I love the quasi religious aspect of it. So it's got a, it's sort of got a religious mm. aspect to it, which I really, really liked. And I was a big Elton John fan until I saw him on the front of a cover with his mask on, I just realised he'd gone completely mad. <laughs> I think them early, like, you know, even like stuff like sort of Madman Across the Water, and that, them records are yeah, good records. fucking incredible. Like, yeah, yeah. you know. And, and, and I think he had a real, 
a really interesting soul to him at that point. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the early stuff is really powerful. Uh, Hong Kong, Guitonk Chateau. For me... And we should, can I just say, we should mention um, the lyricist. Um, yeah, Bernie Torpin. Bernie Torpin. Yeah. Without the lyricist, if you just take those mel- melodic lines without and the lyric. put really average lyrics on, it doesn't mm. have the appeal. So yeah. Bernie Torpin mm. should get a mention. Is Honky Chateau, you know, is that the one with... Um, is Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatters on that? Uh, uh, it's lately. Uh, I've been thinking. Yeah, um, um, I'm a Marina. Uh, I'm Marina's on that. Yeah, oh, uh, great Cat, records, man. Great records. Yeah. I mean, for me, because I bought all the early albums. For me, it was um, um, Goodbye, yeah, Hibber Goodbye Hibber Road was the beginning of the end for me. Yes, I was. started to feel this is going a bit caribou. Was it's going a bit. It's going a bit jazz hands. Yeah. You know, I, I loved the early stuff. It was really, yeah. really solid. Yeah. Um, and I thought Captain Fantastic was yeah. calling out. Yeah. So I, I sort of bowed out of that. Yeah, Captain Fantastic was it had one track on there that I quite liked, which was um, uh, Meal Ticket. I quite liked the riff, and uh, but again, the, the production was pretty terrible, um, very safe, and the writing had got a very kind of I don't know. I don't know, sort of uh, almost habitually. It, it didn't surprise you any longer, you know. Yeah. Um, Bernie, I think Bernie Torpin, as a lyricist, should go down in history as one of the best lyricists the UK Wonderful has ever produced. Yeah, no doubt about it. Nothing John should be uh, singing his praises every single day because <laughs> without him, the stuff wouldn't have the appeal. No, it wouldn't. No, 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 no question. Let's go clubbing, fellas. Okay. Track five, the song that soundtracked your years clubbing. Ooh, right. Pump up the volume. The volume. <laughs> Pump up the volume. That would be great, though, yeah. There's your yeah, remix right there. <laughs> Pump up the volume yeah. um, was a moment, I, can't, I think it was, what, what was it, 86, 87? I can't quite remember. Probably. Um, uh, mm, yeah, maybe 87, that. Or maybe, right, mm. okay. That really blew me away. I was, I could, t- I, there was a little club in Putney called... Relax. Reflex. 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 I think we're still cool. And I'm, I, and because it was so close, I used to go wander down there. And they had a couple of good DJs down there. And uh, I remember hearing Pump Up the Wall, and I just thought, man, this is. Uh, that's where I started to get. I, I, I thought, why can't we have club music with, with guitars? And I don't mean disco, I mean mm. club music with guitars. Yeah. Which is what we tried to do with sexy, and um, and I just loved it. I just thought, what an extraordinary track! And then I remember hearing uh, Nomad's Devotion, and um, uh, what was the other one? I absolutely loved. There was uh, uh, oh, that, 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 there was the rap. Now the rap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The um, there was that heavy D. Yeah, yeah, delight. Was it? Then, then I can remember. Just sorry, I hijacked the conversation a bit. I remember in in Subterranea in uh, in Notting Hill. What a venue! Forgot about that. Great venue, man. Mm. And uh, I was up on the balcony, and uh, and uh, it was Jeremy Healy was playing. We actually turned down I'm Too Sexy, actually, as it happens. Yeah. But anyway. Um, He'll be getting a lawyer <laughs> at any minute. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll sit there watch Jeremy Healy, and he just stopped the thing, uh, stopped what he was playing, and dropped um, uh, Grooves in the Heart. Wow. Uh, and that's, um, well, listening to that track, and, I th- I, and the tambourine was incessant. And I thought, and we were playing around with some ideas at the time. I thought, man, we've got to do a track with a tambourine in your face like that. Phil this Spectre house. was the one for tambourine. Yeah, with this house Phil beat. Phil loved the tambourine. Yeah, that's why Sexy has such a loud, loud, loud tambourine. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I just remember, and then, and you go, and you got that, didn't you? And yeah. it was, it was, it was a, a track with such, it had such a positive uh, aspect to it. It was, it was a great track. Yeah. There's, there's mine great. was relaxed. Mine, oh. mine was relaxed. Yeah. Rich, but, tell me, it's the full New York mix. Yeah. Well, I was, I was with my partner Stuart in uh, heaven, and they played "Relax." Probably first time I heard it was actually in a, in a bar up in um, in um, Wimbledon Village at the Dog and Fox, which was then, they had a game night one, one night a week. And I heard that, and I just remember thinking how amazing it was. And then I heard it at, at Heaven, and they played it on the loop, round and round and round. And um, I must have been dancing for us. I use the expression loosely dancing. <laughs> um, but I must have been on the floor doing something um, for about half an hour. They just played it round yeah. and round and round. And then I saw the video, of course. Holly Johnson was, I think he's one of the best front men that we produced in the UK. I thought they were absolutely brilliant. I thought he was fantastic. Um, and an incredible a, vocalist. Uh, yeah, yeah, good singer. Yeah, good singer. Yeah. And um, um, who was the producer? Um, uh, Trevor, Trevor Horn. Trevor Horn, yeah. I mean, 
the, the sound of that track is is unique. You know, it's, the minute you hear that that bottom end coming, you just know what the track is. So for me, it was relaxed, absolutely. That that takes me right back. And I think you know we, we talk about you know confrontational you know front men and confrontational music and relax. Yeah. I mean that shook the fucking country didn't it it was like what's yeah, this and like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and and still to this day when when i hear that and it's an incredible record and it is, yeah. and I, I played it again before this chat and it's it's so hard sanding and it is it, yeah. and it's like it and then yeah. i remember sort of seeing seeing them on, on on the pops and and seeing like holly and uh who was was it paul rutherford yeah and 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 I was a bit scared, and I was just like, "What's going on here?" Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would have been very, very young, but I remember just thinking, and I, I'd heard that you know there was there's some controversy over this record. I had no idea of what. You know, I was like, what's the what's the problem? I just want to relax. Like, this is surely that's a positive thing, you know. I had no idea. You know, I think the penny dropped when I was about thirteen. I was like, "Oh, right, okay, yeah, right now, now I get it." Now I get it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that, and that pop music and their video was pretty pushy. I mean, yeah. Didn't they record two? Isn't there one where there's lots of lasers, and then they record another one where they're in the nightclub? I don't remember. I thought there were two videos. There, there is. There, there, there's definitely the one in the nightclub. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. But I just really liked I liked the, the extended mix. And what's amazing about the track is um, is there's the hook, obviously, but there's it's not really a song. It's a track. It's the sound of it. Yeah, it's, and, and it's a bit of an oral trip between the different sections. Yeah. It's not a, It's not written in that sort of way, but it's... It is, it is. It doesn't put a foot wrong. No, if you it take brilliant. you take Trevor Horn's uh, engineer, uh, production out of the mix and imagine somebody else doing it. Yeah, that track doesn't have anything like it. No, it's no. Trevor Horn that puts the stamp on it completely. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's, there's a few performances. Work. If you see like the early Frankie gigs, yeah, it, it's obviously it's, it's it's good, but it's not because it's so studio. That's that record, it, it, isn't it? it, 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 record, it you yeah, can't yeah. replicate that like no. that as a as a four or five piece band it just didn't no. have that no, punch you, you, that that production had yeah you need a computer now mm. just to plug, okay. the, plug the computer in and on put Holly out, put Holly out <laughs> that's it job done yeah have it on his phone yeah, yeah a similar record that, that didn't have the same hit but I thought was almost as good was Spin Me Round oh, oh yeah Dead Alive great vocal by yeah. um, Pete uh, uh, Dave Burns Dave, Pete Burns Pete Burns um, and um he was the, the band didn't have quite the um, impact to me that, that that Frankie had, but that one record is is an extraordinarily good record. And that was Stock Aitken and Waterman, wasn't it? It yeah. was, yeah. yeah, and, yeah and, it was. and it, I think it was uh, predates. Does it predate Frankie? I can't remember. I think the Frankie Goes to Hollywood thing had had bite. Partly because of the track, but also because of the gay content. It was mm. so obviously gay. Yes, it was. You know, "Spin Me Round" is a is a is a is a, could, it's a straight song or a gay song. Yeah. It's not specifically gay, but I think "Frankie Goes to Hollywood" was so in your face gay mm. yeah, um, was, yeah. that that's what uh, <coughs> that's what upset people. I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's a bit, yeah, fantastic sounding track. Absolutely brilliant. Right. I'm taking you home for track six, uh, right. and I'm going to ask you for a favourite song from an artist from your home county. Oh, that's easy. From my what? Home county. Right. Or hometown, I guess. Oh, yeah. hometown. Or city. Are we going London, oh, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, London. Yeah, so it gives us a bit. Well, uh, we've both sort of gone for David Bowie heroes. Although I'd have to say, I, and I wouldn't normally say this, but I, I think King's Crimson's version of heroes is better than David Bowie's. Oh, absolutely. King, right. King Crimson's version in Berlin is is the, is the, the what do they call it, the... Um, the default position for that track. Yeah. Not, don't listen to any other version. There's one particular image of uh, Bowie doing it live, and he just, it's almost like he can't be bothered. It's almost like he just cannot get his head around doing it. Or maybe he's sick of it, I don't know. But when um, when King Crimson do it, and they've got this uh, Polish, I think, the singer's Polish. Um, you see Jacko, I think. So yeah, it's just, it's just really solid. They've got two drummers and everything. Well, Robert is, Fripp's guitar. Robert Fripp is yeah. just brilliant. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's difficult with a song. At what point do you, do you credit someone with a with a publishing credit? Because you could not, you can you can play that song without Robert Fripp's guitar. Yes, but it ain't as good, yeah. and it's not as hooky. No, so yeah. uh, it's always a, it's it's a tough call. We've had it with we've had that discussion with producers before, and it, it is a very tough call. And also but, in that in that particular version, <laughs> beautiful bass playing. I don't know the guy's name. I should do. Yeah, um, it is great, it's yeah. really smooth. Band, and, yeah, the, the whole band is really really on it. So 
I would anybody who likes that track should you know Google um, go onto YouTube rather and Google King Crimson Berlin Heroes yeah and it'll come up and they'll be knocked out. I mean, there's a lot of bands. I, really, for hometown, I'd probably have to also include the Clash. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, I saw them in Ly- at the Lyceum when they did that run. Yeah. And uh, the uh, him and uh, um, well, they had Topper Head on drums, who for me saved the evening because I think the band were either tired or <laughs> drunk, drunk or something. something. It was a bit chaotic, but Topper Head was a fantastic drummer. Yeah. Uh, Joe Strummer and Mick Jones, absolutely great, really good songwriters. Because they came out of the punk period, they I think they get forgotten a little bit yeah. as songwriters. But I think the um, London Calling album is is almost a flawless double album. Mm. I think it's a fantastic album. Couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, and um, when you hear the you know, that E minor, jank, jank, yeah, jank, yeah. you know, it's just great. I don't think we value, in the UK, we don't value our the artists that we produced as, as much as we should. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I really don't think. There's, there's a comedian called um, Steve Hughes, and uh, he was <laughs> he's very funny. And he was talking about, how, you know, put your arms up if any, any of you have watched, um, you know, Britain's Got Talent or The Voice or whatever. And he said, now put your arms down because you should be thoroughly ashamed of yourselves because <laughs> this country has produced. And then he roused this list mm. of artists that, mm. that this country has produced. And it's incredible. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. Two of the biggest bands in the world, Beatles and the Stones, out of this country. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I think radio has a lot to answer for in not, in not promoting our ch- the way we should cherish these people, Mark mm. Harmon is a good example. You know, a really interesting artist, I think, um, but doesn't get anything like the credit he he should get. I and mean, everyone's going on about Amy Winehouse. Well, I don't get it. You know, mm. so I think I just think we need to be a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, I don't know. You know, we need to recognise how unique some of these artists are and how proud we should be of them. I think in terms of hometown, in terms of because we're both born in London but grew up yeah. in Squinstead, yeah. <clears throat> we'd have to give a shout out to um, the Cure. Oh. I think came from Crawley. Yeah. I think they did. Oh, and, so, <clears throat> and then you've got the Cutting Crew. And Depeche. Uh, well, they, uh, they were in the... Oh, hang on a minute. You're not having them. <laughs> uh, we've got them. They're, they're, like, we're, we're having them. <laughs> Depeche Mode, <laughs> they're ours, mate. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're Braintree, weren't they? No, they're not. They're Basildon. And, oh, Basildon, uh, that's what I meant. Uh, Basildon. So they, Sorry, yeah. my, my club, uh, my club's called The Pink Toothbrush, uh, and it used to be called Crocs. Uh, right. And so back in the early sort of New Romantic days... Depeche Mode were, were our resident band, so they cut oh, right, their teeth. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you ain't having them. You got no. the cure. And also, um, in terms of East Grinstead, uh, Cutting Crew, mm. Nicky E yeah. was from East Grinstead. So, uh, if we were from Cornwall, we could say the Wurzels. <laughs> <Or we're not. laughs> but we're not. But there's quite, there's loads, obviously, you know, Rolling Stones, all, yeah. all uh, London boys, and uh, there's, there's loads of them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And the, the, the cure sound yeah. like nobody. No, Sorry? when you, the cure, like when, when you pick them bands and you put them inside, I'm trying to remember the track that you, you referenced earlier, Rich, that you was like, it just didn't sound like anything else. And, no. and I don't think yeah. the cure, it's not like, oh, well, yeah, they've obviously been influenced. No, they don't sound like, they sound like the cure. Yeah, and I think do, yeah. that's yeah. such a difficult thing to do. And then obviously to achieve the level of longevity and success that they have. Yes. It's amazing how, yeah. how people are. When Fred was mentioning the, um, um, the first Pesh, um, and this guy uh, on the Twitter or something. The guy from a record company. The guy from a record company came back and said, oh, they're just an 80s band. Depeche Mode. Mm. And I said, I mean, can you, you know, I, this is somebody in a record company. Yeah, and I, and I said, you got any idea? How big they are in America. Their, their stadiums, yeah. their stadium status in America. Still. Yeah, yeah, yeah still. Three, three years ago, they were the biggest earning or the biggest grossing uh a stadium band in America right. selling Adele and all of that it yeah, was like a huge band they're absolutely yeah we're fiercely proud of them that's why I got a little bit aggy then when I thought you ain't having them mate <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, we're expecting them when they move <laughs> when they move into Berkshire <laughs> <they're like>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they probably own Berkshire they probably own Berkshire <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were rehearsing next to them <clears throat> and I got chatting with a couple of them they're really nice guys <clears throat> Martin who plays a bit of guitar on stage we would talk about different guitar players. And uh, they were very, very friendly, very accepting, <clears throat> not at all judgmental. You know, none of the big I am, really nice blokes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and shout out to, to, to Vince Clark, you know, to, 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 <clears throat> yeah. to leave 
to leave them and then to to start Yazoo and then to start Erasure, it's like yeah, there, there's yeah. a man who knows how to write a pop record. Yeah. Uh, well, in fact, both those, although they were originally the same band, both those people, <clears throat> those 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 people, yeah, those people, you have a great ear for hooks. Mm. You know, you know, personal Jesus, you know, enjoy the silence, mm. can't get enough, which obviously thinks Clark, and then go on to uh, the uh, Yazoo and then Erasure. He's he's got such an ear for hooks. Yeah. It's also just the, the courage of moving. <clears throat> yeah, it is. Yeah, the courage of actually moving on. You know, that yeah. takes – we watched a documentary of Stevie Ray Vaughan the other day, and he was offered the Bowie tour uh, as, as the guitarist, and he turned it down and went, <coughs> went back to his blues, his blues clubs. And, yeah, to promote you know, Texas Flood. Yeah, so <coughs> excuse me. You know, it, t- it, takes a, it takes a lot of courage to, to do that. Definitely. Um, and, and yeah, you need to know exactly who you are and what you want yeah. to do that. That's an artist, isn't it? That's a pure, that's a proper artist. Yeah, when Iggy Pop, Iggy Pop's career was taking a bit of a dive some years ago, and I think his manager or somebody said, "Well, they're looking for um, what was it? Um, Peter Pan for the for (laughs) Peter Peter Pan for Broadway." And you know, some artists would would have done it for the money. Gary Barlow, yeah, Gary. (laughs) But uh, but um, but he he knows what he is. He knows what he is and what he wants, and he just stuck with it. So good luck to him. I would have been fucking front row for Iggy Pop as Peter Pan. I would have been all over that. That would have been interesting. That would have been brilliant. He would have thrown some. He would have thrown some dust up. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Right, for the last track, this is when um, I ask you to introduce someone to, to, to something that uh, they've probably not heard before. So for track seven, it's a song that you think many people may not know that you would like yeah. them to hear, please. Yes. Well, this is a, um, a singer-songwriter, British singer-songwriter called Jake Thackeray. <clears throat> Jake Thackeray used to be on TV every day, every day, every week. And he would do a thing that loads of singer-songwriters um, back in the 40s and 50s, travelling singer-songwriters would do, which is you arrive in a town, you look at the local newspaper and you write about a local issue. Um, um, Woody Guthrie used to do, um, uh, yeah, Woody Guthrie used to do that. Bob Dylan used to do that. Pink Seeger, a very common thing. And what um, Jake Thackeray used to do on this TV show called That's Life, he would write a little song about the current times. And out of this, he became quite well known. And he's got a song called la di I, I think I wrote down... Lordy da, well, that's me being an idiot. It's Lardy da, and he's got other great songs like On Again, On Again. Uh, he's not everyone's cup of tea, but just take a time out and listen to how he approaches songwriting. He, his lyrics, his 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 lyrics are just extraordinary. He had a, he had a real love of the English language, and um, and he was um, he was he was an English teacher. He was an English teacher. <clears throat> the story is, I don't know whether it is true, but the story is he was a, a teacher in Leeds. Um, and he couldn't get, or God, he felt that the, the, the kids weren't paying enough attention to what he was saying. And so he had a holiday in France and, um, and discovered the whole chanson. Jack Braille. Jack Braille. Braille yeah. Learned the guitar, came back, and then started using song as a way of engaging the kids. That's how I understand it. Now, that may not be true, I'm not sure. But he has a very lugubrious style. He sings in a very odd way. It's it's very marmite. You like you either like it or you won't. Um, I don't like a, a lot of stuff that he did, but there are some key tracks, like Fred mentioned, on again, on again. Uh, the widow of Bridlington. There's some really the lodger. The lodger is very very funny. Um, so it, and he's one of those guys who, if he was Japanese, there'd be a statue to him. Yeah, there yeah. would be. A, you know, yeah. if he was French, there'd be a, there'd be a street named after him. But in this country, we have the most bizarre attitude to some of the most interesting artists that we have. We just forget them or yeah. we brush them out of history. There's a clip of him doing the Cambridge Folk Festival some years ago, and the place was heaving, yeah. absolutely heaving, and he's just there with his guitar. It's just it's, it's yeah. brilliant, you know, it's brilliant. Very interesting. So if you get, get a chance to listen to Jake Thackeray, yeah. uh, that's not Thackeray, it's Thackeray. Thackeray. Um, and he's, yeah, he, I, we think he's a fascinating writer that, should be, that, shouldn't be, that shouldn't be forgotten. He also says, one thing he says in one of his songs, talking about politics, he said, if you will put people on pedestals, wear a big hat. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to shit all over you. Shit all over you. Exactly. He, um, That's most appropriate. I can definitely hear his influence on the Divine Comedy. When yes. uh, when I listen to the Divine so. Comedy, you could definitely yeah. hear, hear, hear the influence there. And and we make it easy for people to go and listen, um, gents, because we put together a, a little Spotify playlist of all the records that you've you've chosen right. today, Thank so you. people can go and listen to them all. Um, just before we sort of um, finish up, gents. Um, 
what you're looking forward to what's going to be happening in the next sort of few months and, and the early part of next year what's coming up that's a very well, good question yeah we're starting our own um, radio show with second city radio um the reason being is the guy who runs it chris phillips uh, has uh, we've been asked to do other shows and but once we say we want to say what we want to say it goes yeah. you know <laughs> So, so uh, Chris has said, say what you want, play what you want. It's your two hours on a Sunday morning. So we're going to start. We start that very shortly. Um, we've got a book we're in the middle of autobiography that's with um, it's been with uh, Joe Joe McIver is helping us put that together. We've also got we've also invested or co-founded the first British NFT platform. Now, for those who don't understand what NFT is, it's a non-fungible token. It's basically crypto art. It's art within the crypto space. Um, it's going to be, in the next year, everyone would have heard of NFTs. It's, it's, it is already going mental. And we own, co-own, and are co-founders of the first British NFT um, site. That's called nftbulldog.com. We have found a couple of new artists, and uh, not new, but new new to crypto one is called um anima zotta who's an award-winning um, um artist and another one called kayleen marino both are really great artists and we're their their collections will go live in the next probably this side of christmas mm. um so there are three main projects playing live <clears throat> is just for people who have a, physically moving around phys- the world now physically moving around is a nightmare if you're if you're from the unvaccinated colony like <laughs> like we are yeah. um, or you've spoken out like we have then it's incredibly difficult so that's something we're having to deal with um, and that's kind of it at the moment we're, we've got a new song coming out in um Jan or Feb, that's called God Sent. That will just be a, a digital release. Maybe a documentary coming out. Oh, yes. And also we've been, um, an, an, an American well-known docu- documentary maker has asked us to do, he said he wants to do a documentary. Predominantly about the the weight of the 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 undying appeal of I'm Too Sexy, but obviously that includes us. So uh, that's... Um, and the undying appeal of us as people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh. Never, forget, never forget the undying appeal of us as people. <laughs> I will remember that. <laughs> oh, what a perfect way to finish. Um, Rich, Fred, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you so much Thank for giving you. up Thank your you. time today, lads. It's been great. Our, our pleasure. We really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to hearing the little list you've made up. Yes, and the, songs. Yeah, and, yeah. and the link and send yeah, us a link, exactly. please. Yeah. Wonderful. Thanks, fellas. There you have it. Right, said Fred. Certainly not on the back foot. Plenty of things to say, you know, staunching their, their opinions, you know, whether, you know, you agree with them or not. You know, I guess artists have the right to, to speak out and, 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 and say what their, you know, their beliefs are and, and to have that freedom of speech. Um, yeah, uh, and aside from uh, from any kind of sort of political angles, this isn't necessarily a, a, a you know a political podcast in any way, shape, or form. But um, if I'm happy to have artists on, then I obviously have to um, be happy to let them speak openly about you know what they believe in, and also what I know they're going to talk about is great records uh, and their creative journey, which was uh, amazing. And just to go in you know, uh, on, on so many amazing records and to find out, you know, what it was like, you know, going to these, like the grand and seeing like so many of them bands at that point must've been absolutely life changing. And yeah. So, um, thanks to Rich and thanks to Fred, uh, for giving up their time, uh, and coming on there. You can head over to the Spotify playlist and check out that playlist as mentioned at the end. Thanks ever so much for supporting the podcast. Yeah. I'm back next time. See you later. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, Stu Whipping. Ain't a monkey.